On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan get back into some baseball talk, going with some all-star game results, then also talking about where the Guardians stand right now record-wise, some rotational developments, and a little bit of Shohei Otani trade talks, and then also finally wrapping up the episode with Friday Draft, best Guardian trade pieces before the deadline, all on this episode of Mistake by the Take. Episode 19 of Mistake by the Take. Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich. A little bit of a garden. Oh my God, I can't talk right off the rip. Guardians episode coming at you guys. Another one. Finally uh, back to our regular schedule again off of yeah. vacation. But of course, before we dive into all that, most important question of the episode. Dylan, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. You know, I, I woke up early today, played some golf. Shot okay. I started the one thing. Shout out to Max Loeb. I he started his golf journey just now. Like this, I think it was this past summer, and he started to post like all of his scores on Twitter. So I was just like, all right, you know, I'm gonna try to break ninety eventually this summer. So why not hold myself accountable? Start posting my scores. So I started to do that and of course follow me on Twitter to see my golf journey at this point it's it's we're turning into a golf account now but uh shot of 46 not bad but you know we're we're alive I I hit a chest day yesterday too which absolutely destroyed me and I could not hit the ball far whatsoever but you know yeah, yeah you know excuses anything you can come up with basically yeah the the joke is that every podcast eventually turns into a golf podcast I don't think that's going to be us I'm going to force it into a golf podcast. I haven't played golf since like seventh grade. We're going to have to go eventually, though. I'm going to shoot like a 150. On nine? No, that was on 18. I really hope I would do better than that on nine. I was about to say. I'm a putt-putt god, so I can at least, you know, read the greens and at least get like some three putts down. He just won't get to the the actual green, though. Yeah, it'll just take me six shots, a couple of bounces off trees, maybe a couple of drops to get there. Yeah, you know. You just... Write down a random number and you're fine. Yeah, God forbid there's water. Chalk it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Water's always bad. We're swimming today, boys. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not buying more balls. I'm going to the bottom of the lake. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting to the pond. <laughs> a little happy Gilmore action there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. But actually climbing to the episode, I mean, SB's run last night. I don't know. I didn't really care enough to watch. No. Nope. Plus, I was working, so the double didn't care to watch. I was with my friend last night. And she was like, oh, yeah, the SB's are on. And I'm just like. I don't care. I literally could not care less. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of the awards and hot off the press, but yeah. nothing that. Other than that, we're in a drought. I mean, we are in a drought because baseball not playing. Well, well, technically, we're not in a betting. Well, I'm not in a betting drought. Yeah, I mean, you just go and bet on the WNBA. Listen, listen, listen. I got no, no, called no, 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 out. No, this is not okay. I'm betting need- four leg parlays on like minus eight hundred odd WNBA teams. Dude, it hits all the time. I don't care. Any heavy favorites in WNBA hit. I, I I don't know. I didn't even use free play yesterday. It was straight up like money. That was that's how much faith I have in it. I've only lost one parlay so far. Yeah, I can't do it. And all this summer, I've bet WNBA probably like twice in my life, 
And one of them was this year, just because one of my friends texted me and was like, oh, like, this is a lock. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's being streamed on, I think it was on, like, Prime or something. I was like, I'll watch it. You know what happened? I, I was tired. This is not just, like, not a shot at the WNBA. I was genuinely tired. I was laying in bed watching it. And it was a first half under. I fell asleep after the first quarter. Oof. I, I didn't get to watch it. And it would have been an absolute sweat. It hit by, like, a point and a half. Yeah, that would have been cool. After, by the way, I think a team scored six points in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. That's not good. No. It was, I mean, it was abysmal to watch. Yeah, I, um, when did I, it started this summer. It's, it, it hits. I don't know what else to tell you, man. I was bored yesterday, couldn't golf, so I ended up just throwing down a four-legger, and it hit. I gotta pay the bill somehow, man. I'm broke. I mean, shout out. I have, like, no interest in the WNBA. Like, I do not follow it whatsoever. Yeah. Again, not a shot, I just don't, uh, my thing is, if I'm not going to watch it, I typically won't bet on it. I mean, there, there's obviously, like, excuses that, like, I'll bet on baseball and not watch it all the time, but... And I, there's instances where, like, late at night, especially college kids, like, you know, you're out with your boys and you're just randomly placing bets on Romanian baseball or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, there's 100%. instances like that. Yeah, Like I, I said, my first bet was a, uh, a cricket bet while I was, you know, inebriated on a couch. Might as well, yeah. So... Makes sense. But, yeah, I don't know. My my thing is I, I at least try to catch some of the games that I'm watching unless I'm, like, really confident in something and just playing it as, like, a, I, I just really feel like this is going to happen. But for the most part, it's, like, extra bonus for me to watch a random game, right? Like, I can actually get into it a little bit more. Right. No, it makes sense, too, and I'm the same way, especially, like, when it comes to football season. I will, like, in the college football department as well, yeah, like, I will, especially in action. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Baby. Yeah. But, I got to get me on the uh, the barstool book, not sponsored whatsoever or affiliated in any way. But the barstool books, I think, the only one that carries the uh, total turnovers, missed field goals, and everything for the MAC in the one week, and it's like a ridiculous number. And of course, you know, life's too short to bet the under, so you just slam on action being absolutely garbage, and I love it. It's such a fun thing to root for. I I love action on a Wednesday night. Dude. Late in the first semester. Wednesday, oh. Tuesday. I, they literally just take up any day they want in the middle of the week, and they're like, yeah, it's action time, baby. And then the highlight tapes, too. <sighs> it's such incredible. A, I, I literally live As for As you're it. wearing your Kent State shirt right I now. I do have a Kent State yeah. shirt on. I, did, I went Represent. there for a year. So. Yeah, I was out there on Tuesday. It was fun. It's a good time out there. It is. It is. And I live pretty close to there, so I usually just, you know, wander my way over there. Have friends there, too. There you go. Before we get too off topic, though. Yeah. Let's get back let's, into we this. We can probably reel it back in. Uh, let's reel it in. It's time, right now, for Hot Off the Press. All right, Dylan, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Starting off in the NFL, there's been no news between pretty much yesterday or Tuesday since we recorded in today, so our, uh, our news topics are pretty scarce here. We're digging deep in the back. We are. But this first one actually pretty interesting in my opinion. The New York Jets have been selected to be the official team for Hard Knocks this season. The NFL forced them to do it. They did not want to do it at all. They came out publicly said we don't want to, but the NFL is now forcing them, and I think that's the right move. Yeah. Listen, I don't... I like the Hard Knocks. It's good for the fans. I don't know how... You can really force a team to do that. It just seems a little weird to me. 
The cameras are on all the time. What does no, it matter? I, I agree, but like, can, I can't wait to see Aaron Rodgers. Dude, that's I, the, the that's the one I will say. Th- that whole team is such an interesting dynamic, and so much of it can go so wrong. Oh yeah, but, and, but it also, again, I say this, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast. When has a team ever been pictured in a bad light on Hard Knocks? Well, I mean, at least some players have, though. Individual, Corey Coleman. Individual players. Okay, Corey Coleman, by the way, a guy who, I'm hard not to paint in a bad light. Why he was just coming? bad. Like, he was bad. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like, the teams in general, uh, Detroit Lions are the prime example, were literally America's team because of Hard Knocks last year. Like, America fell in love with the Detroit Lions. I... I and listen, I don't necessarily think it was just hard knocks because obviously that culture is just. Yeah, I mean, Dan it's Campbell, pretty easy to fall in love with that culture. Yeah, Dan Campbell's an easy yeah. guy to root for. So, I think that helped a little bit, but overall, I don't know. It just goes to show you that teams are starting to like get away from it because I mean, it was still it used to be very popular back yeah. in the day, but now it's just slowly diminishing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, mean, I I have to imagine the Lions are probably one of the more successful hard knocks at, like seasons. Yeah, but I would have okay a diehard fan in me probably would have liked to see the Cardinals, truthfully. But that's more of just they, football, and just want to see how the rebuild's going to go. And especially now with Kyler Murray being hurt, and you have two first round picks that are going to be pretty high next year. So I don't know, and and, and then Jonathan Gannon also going there too. But, no, I mean, that's just me, but that's not going to be something that a casual fan would want to watch. No, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the Cardinals already did it for a season. They probably did. I think they were already selected once, so it probably also plays into the idea of, like, don't make a team do it more than once. Right, fair enough. There's so many teams to go around already. I thought they were throwing out the rules, though, at this point, because... They kind of, they were thinking about it, right? yeah. Nobody wanted to to shout up and do it. yeah. But whatever, the NFL goes on, Hard Knocks is successful. and Life uh, goes on, yeah. You're going to get forced to do it. Don't have to go away from New York or the Jets in this case because as I sat down in my chair today to record this episode, literally my rear end hit the chair where I got to sit here and wait for you because for once I was not the one that was late. Yeah, Jake beat me today. I will give him that. Uh, but as I sat down, Quinn Williams signs a four-year, $96 million extension, 66 of that guaranteed, makes him the second highest paid line, or defensive lineman in the NFL. Is it? Or that, a defensive tackle, I believe. It's defensive tackle. It's defensive okay. tackle. I think that's pretty interesting. I, the, it, big factor on that defense, especially, too, it's a very underrated defense. Um, yeah, the Jets aren't soft, a bad defense. I yeah, mean, Sauce Gardner. Gardner. Yeah, it, they have many pieces there, and it's a, that's why people like them so much. It's not only because of like Aaron Rodgers at quarterback now it's because this defense really talented and they're really young too yeah which is really good I think it's a good signing I think Quentin Williams is an animal so locking him up and especially too I think it's interesting that they came out announced that the Jets will be on hard knocks and then they got the deal done because they probably didn't want this leaking into hard knocks yeah, they probably uh, you know made him wait a little bit, or there were just other things on their mind to the point where they weren't fully committed to Quinn and Williams until the NFL was like, "All right, now you have to do it." They're like, "Well, time to right. get over it. Let's, let's focus on other things." Let's let's get over and let's get it done with. No problems heading into it. Uh, by the way, for Quinn and Williams, incredible defensive lineman, like one of the best D tackles in the NFL. Oh undoubtedly. yeah. 
The only thing I can ever think about him is his interview when he got drafted, and it's the, the bless you, yeah, yeah. The, bless him, thank him. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that pops to mind. Great guy. Yeah, uh, I, incredible character. Oh yeah, and I think it's interesting too because you're starting to see more of an emphasis on defensive tackles getting paid now, when usually it was just edges that would be a primary focus. I mean, you're you're seeing guys now like Jalen Carter going to the top ten. Granted, Jalen Carter was an animal. I just think that we're heading into a direction in the NFL where you're going to probably see more defensive tackles start to get more money and be more valuable in general. Yeah, I also think you see these guys getting after the quarterbacks a little bit more too. Which yeah, just... if you could do both, like stop the run and then get after the quarterback, yeah, you're going to be getting paid a decent buck. Right, I, and I think that uh, getting after the quarterback is something that teams value and what they pay. Agree. So that's just what it is. Third story in a row that we don't have to leave New York for. This is insane. But Saquon Barkley and the Giants struggling to reach on a new contract. Supposedly, the deadline is Monday at 4 p.m. And we're recording this on Thursday, so literally a few days away. Yeah. And reports are that if a new deal doesn't get done, it would be Barkley under the franchise tag. And he'd consider not playing. I think they will get it done. I think so, too. But if they don't get it done, I still think he plays. I don't know how much leverage he truly has. I don't know, man. Running backs in the state that they are and how fast they deteriorate and most of that coming, you know, there's the big carry mark once they hit. I don't remember the amount of I forget of the carry mark. I only know the age mark of 28. Yeah, but I know a lot of people stick a lot stronger to the carry mark than the age mark because yeah. it seems like the drop-off happens I think it's like there. three... Is it 3,500 or something like that? Or is that too high? I'll I think that up. might be too I think it's in like the... I want to say it's in the 1,000s if I'm not mistaken. It's like 1,300 or something. But e- either way, if you don't have to play for a year that you're not getting paid what you think you deserve to get paid, and you don't have to add carries on... 1,800, by the way. 1,800. Like, if you don't have to, then you just save a whole year where you're not getting paid for that. I agree. I I don't value running backs that much. I don't either. Like, I don't, I don't think you should be paid this massive contract. I don't think you should ever pay running backs a massive contract. They didn't. I don't think they took anyone this year's draft. Not, I'm pretty sure. At least not high. No, it, obviously it wasn't any anything high. They might have taken one guy late or signed one. But either way, I think that he's going to be playing week one. I don't see a scenario where he's really going to sit out and I think the Giants are just now a team that takes a lot of time to get this stuff done and comes down to the wire I mean you saw it with Daniel Jones literally hours before the deadline they got the deal done so it's probably going to be one of those scenarios where they're going to try their best to get the best deal done before everything ends yeah well we'll know the answer by the time we're recording our next episode so there we go we'll have that to talk about uh quarterback on Netflix has just released, and it's eight episodes. Dylan, you said you haven't gotten around to watching it yet. I have not yet. I sat down and watched episode one last night. Really good. Again, I have to say this again, but we're not sponsored by Netflix in any way. <laughs> that would be incredible. I wish, yeah, but... I mean, Netflix shout out. But absolutely not going to happen for us. Uh, but it was a really good show. I, I really liked the first episode. But the one thing that sticks out, this is the one floating around on Twitter, Patrick Mahomes, we literally watched it before episode started, talking about the Bengals. AFC Championship game last year. He thought the Bills were the worst team at that point. Thought they matched up better with them. 
said he wanted to talk and play the Bengals because of the way they talk, how much they talk, and he wanted to finally beat them. I think that's just an an athlete kind of being a dog, you know? He just yeah, wants it's, to... It's that competitor in you where you're like, yeah. I just want to prove I'm better. Like, I don't want that easy road to the, you know, Super Bowl or whatever right. hype I, on me. I agree. I don't think it's a big deal, to be honest with you. That stuff happens behind the scenes all the time. It's just, unfortunately, he's behind the camera now. So it's just one of those scenarios where, like, you're going to catch those things when you have a camera on, like, hard knocks. There's probably going to be moments like that in this hard knocks, too. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. It shouldn't be made a big deal whatsoever. You know, there's teams that trash talk all the time. It's professional sports. That's what happens. It happens even high school level, too. So, like, it's it's not a big deal whatsoever. It's, it, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes, the best in football right now. Obviously, he's going to say that. Yeah, I, I don't really think it was anything that crazy, but no, it's interesting. It's worth noting. Yeah, I, I love the trash talk. Like, the inner trash talk you get, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of people giving him credit because they didn't realize that he was a trash talker the way he was. He basically just picks one phrase, and he says he blacks out, but he just says it like four times right in the guy's face. Right. It, it was incredible. Like, it was it's, actually it's fun to watch. yeah. And he could back it up, too. Yeah, I mean... What do you know? He's Patrick Mahomes, right? Right. Uh, other big news, the ESPYs aired last night. Again, said we were going to talk about this. I'm going to rattle off a couple of winners. We're really probably only going to talk about the last two here because they're the ones that actually mean something in the world outside of sports. But uh, Pat Mahomes wins best athlete and I think best NFL player. Uh, best play was that Jetta's catch. I don't know Against if you remember. Bills. I think it was the Bills. It was like the up in the air. Everyone was absolutely flabbergasted that he came down with it. Like Odell level, but probably better. Yeah, I. The funny thing about that one was, I was sitting. There was a John Carroll basketball game, and I was uh, working for it for uh, sports information department. And I turn on the game really quick, and that's the first play I catch. But the f- even better, a Bills fan was sitting right next to me, and just, oh shit, did he really catch that? And it was it was pretty funny, but no, that was a hell of a catch. Yeah, different beast. That oh man yeah, is. he's some he's something else. Uh, best MLB player Shohei Otani. I don't really think that's much of a no debate. doubt about it. We'll actually uh, get into him a little bit later in the episode. Um, and then the two that I think really matter, the Pat Tillman Award for service went to the Buffalo Bills training staff for resuscitating Demar Hamlin and the whole scary incident on the field. Yeah. Demar Hamlin, actually the guy who got to give out the award, which was, I think, a really cool moment. It's a really cool moment, yeah. So I thought that one was worth noting. Oh, yeah. Kind of gives you like a little bit of chills even getting to watch that. Much deserved, too. Um, And the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance, an award that I always keep my eye out come SB's time. Uh, This year, it goes to Liam Hendricks, who at the start of the season was diagnosed with cancer right before it started, and now he's back to pitching. Yeah, it's great to see those stories, too, of guys that go through some type of medical issue and they come out and prevail and you know continue on with their careers and stuff it's it's very heartwarming and especially too like with the bills going back to that one i mean that was i I still can't believe that i was on a plane and i was like trying to watch it i'm like oh my gosh like i i couldn't believe it the literal like no hesitation response i mean i know that's their job but even in like a moment of pressure to just kick into gear like that crazy and it's not just the bill staff too just every person in the medical field too like i mean we take these jobs for granted but like man like they it's serious stuff and they do this stuff every single day so i mean yeah you see the training that went in exactly i think the nfl even started the 
before the season started, that was one of their main emphasis, and like you hit it on the head in that game. It was perfect. Right. So it, good for the staff for doing that as well, and then also to Liam Hendricks. Yeah, like that was it's incredible. Yeah, one of the guys that actually tweeted out about Liam Hendricks, Dick Vitale, who right before he had tweeted that out had also just announced that he's been diagnosed with throat cancer which is now the third form of cancer that Dick Vitale has been diagnosed with. I think it was melanoma and lymphoma he's also had. And, I mean, geez, man, Dick Vitale has yeah. been through the ringer. And, like, easily one of my favorite announcers of all time, like, whatever company he wants to be with, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. Dick Vitale is a guy I could listen to at any moment, at any time. All the time. The moment's electric. Like, he yeah. sells it. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I've always loved listening to him, especially college basketball. Like, dude, it's awesome. And, the Rock and Chuck and Jayhawks, baby. Right. And then even, too, like, he was in video games and stuff. Like, I loved it. And this... Oh, those Dick, old college basketball games? Yeah. Ooh. I remember those. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. yeah. Dick Vitale, though, he... I mean, what a warrior, dude. I it, many people get discouraged after one time of cancer, but like man, I it's a third time, and his tweet was basically like, "Dude, I'm gonna come kick its ass." Yeah, and good for him, man. I I I hope he does too. Yes, I hope of he course. kicks his it kicks cancer's ass another time. You know, so prayers up to him. Obviously, hopefully yeah. everything goes well with treatments and everything like that. But yeah, no, I mean Dick Vitale. Love him to death, no matter in video game form or you know just announcing a random game, you know. Yeah, don't uh don't take Dickie V away from us. We uh we no. can't have that. But with that being said, that uh wraps up hot off the press. So it's time to let our good friend know. Dylan, you want to do the honors? Sure, why not? Hey, hey, Lisa, please, would you please turn off the fire? Great. Now we'll never get the game back. Turn off the fire? Yeah, can you turn off fire? I don't really think that's little, how that works. Little flip switch, you know. Yeah. Right? It, like maybe on one of those like uh, electric uh like even though fire are, things, like, yeah. Like a turnkey usually. Yeah. I don't Oof. know. I don't I don't really think you turn one off. Words are hard. Yeah, sorry. We basically do it for a living. <laughs> and but... we're com majors too. That's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, dude, the numbers are supposed to be hard. We're supposed to be good with the words. Yep. Yeah, and and we're not. We're not. No, we suck. No, we're basically both the worst. At, yeah, we're we're we suck at both. <laughs> we're we're just destined to fail. Yeah. But it's time to get into the Guardians, right? And before we get into the Guardians specifically, I want to talk the All Star Game because that happened right after our episode on our Wednesday episode, which we recorded on Tuesday. So we hadn't had the All Star Game yet. It was really just Home Run Derby. And did we talk Home Run Derby at all in the last episode? I, yeah, I think we did. Right? And hot off the press. Yeah, but I think we, we didn't briefly really... talked about it. I don't... Yeah, I guess we... I think we did. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't anything major. No, but the National League uh, wins for the first time in ten years. That was yeah. I I didn't expect that. I thought American League was gonna win that one, and it ruined my parlay. But it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> the money's gone. But I, I never hit any of those All Star bets. I told you. That's I was why over three. I was not betting on the All Star game. I don't want it. And it yeah. was a boring game too. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. Because I, I don't at care. Bars. Yeah, I literally do not care. It is the, the most boring game in all of sports. Like, just an all-star game in general. Every single one at this point is just like hideous. Like, I can't watch it. Yeah, I, I, there's no all-star game that I would even because if you think about it, like the foot, like NFL doesn't even have one. No, not barely. anymore, really. Right? Yeah. I mean, like 
and especially in football and basketball, the guys like don't even try in the slightest. Well, in baseball too, and more so. But like even you look at the game. Oh, basketball is even worse. No, yeah. I agree. The, the game was three to two. At least looks competitive. Yeah, or four I to agree. Three, whatever it was. I thought the over was going to hit, but mm. you would think, but nope. Guys actually like come out like at least low key try, right? Like, yeah, it's I not agree. Nothing, but, but it's not. Yeah, and it's not as bad as basketball. But still, I just, in my opinion, I don't know why they continue to do them. I mean, I, viewership was down for a second year in a row. Yeah, like you were lower than last year. Yeah, and I get the home run derby. It's a tradition and it's a skill thing makes sense. It's kind of like the three-point contest in basketball, or the dunk contest too. And I don't know, I just think all-star games, if dudes aren't going to try, you're not going to get those like moments where, like, remember the one, I think it was in Toronto with LeBron and Kobe, yeah. and that famous photo. Like, if you're not going to get those moments anymore, then, like, don't do it anymore. Right? And, and I will say the NBA all-star game was competitive for, like, one year when they changed the rules. I think it was right after Kobe's passing. Yeah. They did the... Like, you play three quarters up to a certain score or whatever, and then the highest score plus 24 or whatever was the winner. So the first team to score 24 okay. more than yeah, the yeah. highest. Like, they actually competed, and, like, there's a ton of money going to charity for it. Which made sense, yeah, because of, like, the yeah. charity aspect, which... I think it's still like that, too, but it's, like, we've gone back to not caring. Yeah. And I think if you're going to put more... If you're going to continue it, you need to put more on the line because I remember it was like playoff implication. It was not. It was World Series implications for. Yeah, it was what uh what league got to host like play the home field advantage for the yeah. World Series, but that's so gone. that makes it a little bit interesting. But now it's gone, so I don't know. I just feel like it just doesn't. I don't know. I, again, like I, I maybe caught an inning of it, which by the way doesn't always incentivize every guy because. If I'm on a team that's at the bottom of my division, do I really care if the NL has home field advantage in the World Series? None. I mean, it's an incentive for a decent amount of guys, but not everyone. And I think, too, another thing that you haven't brought up, mm -hmm. what is up with the fans picking so many of the players? It's literally a popularity contest, and to a degree, I understand it. The fans want to see, like, if the majority of fans want to see X guy, that's who they want to see. But also, if a guy's playing better than another one, you're diminishing his career values at that point, which now we just have to sit here and talk and, like, how much do we value all-star selections and talking about, like, legacy and Hall of Fame. Well, and I also think, too, I'm looking at it more of, remember the Royals? I think it was, like, 2015. 15 or something like that. I mean, look at the Braves this year. Yeah. It's, 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 there was eight Braves I, on the NL All-Star team, and every single infielder made it from third, like through first and the catcher. That's just ridiculous at that point because, like, what are, what are you doing at that point? Like, and not to say those guys didn't deserve it. Like, the, the Braves, the Braves are the best team in, the, in baseball right, right. now. I mean, I they're agree. playing out of their minds. Right. Like, basically at all those positions. But at some point— and this would probably help with viewership too. Then, if you really think about it, you need to get more guys from different teams. And I get it; like you're probably not going to get much from Oakland, right? No, there's. Or, I mean, I just think the best guys should get in, right? No, I agree. But I was saying it from a standpoint of like other teams would want to see their guys in it and probably help with viewership, and because then you start to get more people from different areas watching it. Especially, too, like with the Guardians. I mean, I 
I didn't even care because Jose Ramirez didn't start. He barely got in. He hit a double. Yeah, he got no in, and then struck out to lose the game. Right, but it was just kind of like there's what what was the incentive of me watching it? You know, right? I I literally had no. I didn't watch it at all. Yeah, I didn't. I I only watched the last inning because it was on at the bar that I was in, and my buddy was watching it because his parlay was close to hitting. I had the ESPN app up on my phone, staring at. The Jose at bat. That was about it because I wanted to see if he could walk it off for the AL. That was literally yeah. my only care in the world. That's fair. And I just, it was literally just like, oh, is Jose, can he be clutching the All Star game too? Right. That was literally the only thing I had any worry about. But again, All Star game down. You know what else was down? What is? The home run derby viewership. Yep. And you know why? And I, I'm going to say why I think why. You still enjoy this method. I think it's awful for TV. I think it was god awful. The timed version of the home run derby where you just have a set time to hit as many home runs is awful to watch on TV. I think people just like to see more home runs though. Which is fine. If you're in the ballpark, probably a better experience. It was it was pretty cool seeing Julio Rodriguez put up 41. Yeah. Also like it probably makes the home run derby go faster because if you remember not just taking every freaking pitch, yeah. Right. The guys would just take pitches. But I think there's an easier like you just just eliminate the take pitch. But like maybe you get a couple, but you can't just lay off every pitch. And I get it, but these guys are swinging at everyone with the timer on anyway. Like they're hardly laying off a single pitch at this. I think it adds in an element of strategy because you saw guys just burn out halfway through it. Yeah. Because I mean, again, Julio Rodriguez put up forty one and then ends up losing in the next round. Or how about this? Because the problem is you don't get to watch the home runs when you're on right. TV. Like they're just rad firing three off at a time. And you're not like ooing and eyeing, like, oh, this guy just hit a ball, you know, 475 feet. He crushed that thing. Right. It's like this dude just swung seven times in the span of 30 seconds, and I don't know where any of them landed. Right. How about we just go back to what it says in the rules and actually enforce them, and we have to wait for a ball to land until you can throw the next pitch? That's better. Yeah. That's in the rules right now. The MLB is just like, eh, let the guy swing. Yeah. I think if you try to enforce that, it would help. But again, like, how would you stop that? I mean, you have to penalize a guy, right? If, right, but if like, how are you just going to be like, oh, time out, time out. No, no, no. And put up a time deduction on the scoreboard. That's fair. You swing too fast, it's 10 seconds off your time, 15 seconds off your time, whatever you find in like, adequate penalty. Or you have to, like, like there's a buzzer that goes off or something if you go too fast and you have to like hold for 10 seconds or you can't swing the bat. Yeah. But then at that point too you got to worry about like you're giving them an advantage of giving them like a break. So, I don't know. I think yeah, there's a lot of You could also take them off the rhythm. I think there's yeah. two sides to it. I, again, I think you could literally just deduct the seconds like on the board just like a big minus 10 and their clock just goes down by 10 seconds. Yeah, I agree. There's I don't know. Something, yeah, I, I think that's a that's an issue that I would probably like to see because it was kind of there was like a couple home runs where it's just like oh man like that one went far and then I'm like oh I don't know where it went you know you're like oh the launch angle on that one looked great but that was about it right right and well I I guess my big issue with it was the kids on the field yeah that kid got smoked huh and that's yeah it, it coming from a kid that did it as well. It, what, the All-Star game was down in Cincinnati. I mean, 
I was I was fine to do it because I've played baseball all my life. Also, I, by down then it was still out, right? I don't. I think I can't it was because this is like a more recent switch. I can't imagine you were probably out there during the timed versions. Like the timed version just came in the last few years. Yeah, I forget to be honest with you. It was a while ago, though. I will say that I imagine it was out. Yeah, which then again, like. If guys are taking pitches, guess what? You only got to worry about one ball at a time, and they could be 30 seconds apart. I'm not even worried about that part. I'm more worried about these kids in general just can't catch a baseball. Like, what do you expect if like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hits a ball 110 miles per hour off the bat on a line? It was, oh, it was 115. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Either way, like, how do you expect these kids to catch it? Like, like, are you just going to tell them to get out of the way? Like, they barely have time to even get out of the way. And like you said, like, the rapid-fire stuff, too, like... Doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help at all. And I just think that it's it's a cool experience. Don't get me wrong. Loved it. But on the flip side, like, it's a pretty dangerous experience. And if you're, like, yeah, like, I don't know, 14 or something, you're probably, like, at least old enough to, like, let me get out of the way of this ball. Right. Or, like, throw my glove up and at least deflect it. Like... The kid who got hit was probably what seven. He was he was really young. There's no chance that kid's defending it. Even if he was like no. an all star at his age, you just don't handle 110, 150 mile an hour balls at the age of seven. Like kids are hitting like sixty. Dude, there's been times where even I can't even handle that type of juice on a ball. I probably wouldn't be able to. That thing right. would smoke past me. I'd be guessing. Right. Half the MLB players are probably guessing if they're hot cornered over yeah. there. Like so a third baseman's just. <laughs> reacting at a 150-mile-an-hour line drive. It's usually how it happens. And, of course, this was in left field, not at third, but, of course, Still play though. into the reaction that this is a 7-year-old, not a 30-year-old man who is a professional athlete. Yeah, I agree. Either way, though, I think that needs to be a major change because it's a very... It's it's very dangerous. Yeah. Very, very dangerous. All right, we got one more all-star topic, but it does now tie into the Guardians. Here we go. We, we've talked about this one a couple of times. We have. We talked about it on Streaks Talking Sports. I got an issue, man. Let's hear your issue. All-star selections, and this comes reeling back into the fact that the fans are picking. There was a Guardian who should have been an all-star and wasn't. Flat out. And who was that? Th- that's Josh Naylor. Yep. Josh Naylor was probably the top AO first baseman, in my opinion. Like, it would have been tough. Yandy might be playing better than him. Because I think Yandy actually did was the starter for the AL, and then Vlad was I'm the backup. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, so maybe Yandy is the starter over him. I could see that. Vlad Guerrero Jr. was not better than Josh Naylor so far this season. I agree, and that's just a household name. And I think he should probably still have been an all-star. But like, I, I don't know what it would have came down to, but if the last spot was Josh Naylor or Vlad Guerrero Jr., it should have been Naylor. No, I agree. So, but I'm just saying in general. Like, in general, do I think the name should be an all-star? Yeah. But again, if it came down to those two and you asked me which one should be an all-star, then Vladdy didn't deserve to be an all-star if that's what it came down to. I agree. I just think that, again, like you said earlier, it's a popularity contest. Like, it, Of course, the guy who is playing for a team that has 51 wins and is – Still in the mix for, and I know this is going to sound bad, but in the mix for a playoff spot. A real playoff spot. A real playoff spot. Thank you. Yeah. I just think that he's going to get an advantage. 
And it's unfortunate, but that's just how you have built your system of picking players to be in this thing. And unfortunately, the guys that truly earn it don't really get recognized a lot of the times. And it, I will say this, had a little bit of a bumpy start to the season. Oh, of course. But he really turned it around. And again, like you said, like statistically, he's probably the best hitting first baseman right now. Yeah. And not just the AL, in the whole MLB. He's up there. I would probably put, I mean, Freddie Freeman is having an insane season. He's right. probably hitting better but than him. But he's up there with him. And Olsen launching as many home runs as he has, Makes probably sense, better. Yeah. But, he, I mean, he's, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. No matter what. So it's kind of ridiculous that you're not even putting him in it. I think part of it's Toronto gets more national media coverage. Therefore, more people recognize Vladdy over Josh Naylor. And name alone plays into it. I mean, his father is an MLB Hall of Famer. Right. But, I mean, the statistics speak for themselves. Naylor's batting 305, 11 home runs, 64 RBIs on a team that doesn't score nearly as much as the Blue Jays, and has an 825 OPS. Vladdy is hitting 274, has two more home runs, less RBIs, and a 787 OPS. Again, you're just not going to win that. Especially, too, it doesn't help when the Guardians are just... Mediocre? Mid, yes. Yeah. Mediocre, mid, whatever. And I went with the old-timer saying right. you were the new age there. It's same thing. Mid. But, yeah, I mean, every and everyone's focus is more directed towards the AL East right now. Of course. Since it's a bloodbath for the top spot. Yeah, because the bottom team is over 500. Right, which is... Nuts. Yeah, especially, too, because, again, we are playing 500 ball. But overall, like, they're just— it's not just over 500, by the way. Five games over 500. Yeah, it, I just—it's not—it's unfortunate that he probably got a big deduction because of the play from the Guardians. Yeah, I, I think it plays a role into it. Again, I think a big part of it's national media coverage. I agree. The city of Cleveland— maybe outside of the Browns and not good media coverage in that sense, but you just don't get the same attention as other teams. I, I agree. And it's unfortunate, but you know, that's usually how it is. Yeah. Josh Naylor absolutely robbed of an all-star spot. He'll tell you he doesn't care. He's not going to, you know, moan and complain about it. So I will. Yeah, why not? I'll do it on his do behalf. It in, yeah, do it on his behalf. <laughs> if he's not going to do it, somebody's got to stick up for him, right? Like There you go. He was like, I kind of figured that it wasn't going to get in. I'm just out here playing baseball and enjoying myself and doing the best that I can, so whatever. What a nice guy. What a nice guy you are that you're bitching and moaning for him. Yeah. I, I mean, I think somebody's got to say it, and I'm sure there's a lot of people oh, saying it. Oh, everyone's been saying it in the, in the city of Cleveland. Yeah, but, you know, I'll, I'll step up to the plate and do it as well. There you go. Team player. But we talked about the guards being where they're at right now, right? Yeah. They're playing 500 ball. And... Was there a more prototypical start to this season before the All-Star break that we could have even had? This is what we say. The guards play 500 baseball until the break, and then they turn it up after the All-Star break, and they run away with the division. You just can't keep doing that, though. I would agree, but somehow it happens, and somehow it keeps working. Because what happens if one of these teams starts to actually build something in the next couple of years. What if the the Tigers have a decent amount of prospects? Yeah. And what if they develop into something eventually? 
Because they have to. I mean, you saw it with Baltimore this year, with Rutschman and all those guys just finally bursting onto the scene. I'm assuming that at some point a team like that will start to take over this division. And it should be the Guardians that take over the division because of their farm system. That's how it is. It's a, a small market team. That's how they're going to have to win eventually is just building a good farm team, a farm system, and then promote it into the majors at some point. And then you're going to go out there and just keep playing mediocre ball, get into the playoffs, maybe give us some false hope by winning around here and there. But like, other than that, like you just get smoked by the big guys, and then no matter what, you have no chance whatsoever to even win a World Series. And it was a lot different in 2016, obviously, because you did trust in your system. I mean, you had Lindor and a bunch of other guys that came through, but eventually you started to go away from that, and you're dealing these guys. It just doesn't make any sense because the direction right now is there. there is none. That's the that's the major issue right now. Yeah, and it, uh, by the way, you mentioned the farm system. One of my friends actually sent me a really cool stat. All these teams hovering around their last 330 picks. Doesn't say on the graphic what year that's from. Oh, I saw this. But it's picks and the amount of them have reached the MLB. The top three are the Astros, Dodgers, and Yankees. A lot of those picks, honestly, probably traded away and made it somewhere else. But I will say for at least like a team like the Dodgers, a lot of the time they do also like kind of they do take a little own. bit, yeah. It's a mix of just buying players that they think are going to be really good and help them out. But they still have a couple own. of them, yeah. They're like the picturesque of baseball. In terms of you can have your cake and eat it too. Like they just go right. spend the money but also develop like great prospects. They just have it all figured out. They just haven't put it all together and made it win World Series. Right. That's the problem. But right under them, the Guardians. No, they've, it, it, they've had 60 guys make the MLB in their last 333 picks. That's at 18%, which only falls a couple of percentage points lower. The Astros at 23, Dodgers, Yankees both at 20, and then every team under them, 17, and it's a pretty quick drop-off. You get a couple of 17s, a couple of 16s, and then they quickly drop off into like the 13s all the way to the Mets who are at 9. Yeah, and it just it's frustrating because it's just like you you can develop them. We've seen this so many times where you, I mean, dude, how many times have you gone on and say, oh, yeah, like he was a former Guardians prospect and, yeah, he, we traded him away. You do <laughs> Way it too frequently. Much. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it, like, for example, Nolan Jones. I mean, we, we ran through the whole list this year, basically, right? Yeah. I don't want to run through it again. No, I'm not going but, to. Yeah. But in a previous episode, we talked about the guys who were on the team last year that were, like, first, second-year guys who are then traded away and playing really well other places. And it goes to show you that there's just a lot of mismanagement going on because if you're going to truly invest in your farm system, then you can't keep shipping away your top prospects for just rentals of, okay, maybe a one-year rental of a catcher. Obviously, we just signed them, especially with uh, with Bell as well. But the thing is, like, there again, no direction whatsoever are you going to start to trust in your farm system? You've done it with the pitchers. That's the crazy part. All of, when was the last time that you can name off your head that where we signed a starting pitcher or traded for a starting pitcher, like a big name? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm thinking back to off the top of my head. 
And, and of course, there's been guys like Quantrill wasn't a Cleveland pick. Uh, there, there are a couple other ones in there that like aren't Cleveland picks, but were so prospects and came up with those. Yeah, and, but like big league names, I'm thinking like Yabaldo Jimenez, Justin right. Masterson. And if you think about it too, Yabaldo Jimenez didn't pan out with us. Justin Masterson, a little um, bit better. A little bit better, yeah. But overall, your success has come from develop, developing them through your system and then getting them into the majors. Well, it's been our biggest issue, right? The, the pitchers work out. Right, but the, the they hitters, can't develop a hitter. The hitters are, I don't know why. what's up with the hitters. I mean, not necessarily. They're just either they don't develop or you just trade them away. Yeah, I mean, I think in Cleveland you've struggled to have that bat, right? Outside of like Jose Ramirez, Frankie Lindor. Yeah. Uh, name, name me a guy who, when he was with Cleveland, came up and was like, oh, there's a power bat, right? No, I agree. Or like a guy who's hitting 350 or something. Like, you just don't see it. I'm pretty salty still about the Nolan Jones one because I, I think I eventually, he could hit, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I thought he could hit it too. And clearly he can. You've seen it now with the Rockies. Like, yeah. dude's putting up numbers. So overall, like, you just need to start to find a different way to develop the bats. Or even just give them more time. That's part of the issue, too. You're not, like, letting them just go out there and at least prove themselves. That's my thing. Yeah, again, we've talked about this how many times, too? I feel like a broken record every time I talk about prospects. I do, too. Like, somebody let Tyler Freeman take some reps. Let Arias take some reps, even though I'm almost, like, fully out on Arias at this point. Like, he's driving me up a wall. Yeah. And again, I've talked about it. You know, he's not playing his natural position. Whatever, I'm sure it's nothing in his head. But also, you still have to hit the ball to be in the majors, right? And he's not great defensively in the outfield. But you, you even then, the though, guys. that's not even his main right. position. Again, right? Mismanagement. But, yeah. yeah. Either way, though, but you, you have to give the guys a shot. I, I guess the major question I'm asking out of this, and going away from the prospects talk, the Guardians right now playing 500 ball at the top of the division, only by half game. And player of Zooms on Friday, to the day of this releasing, is will be the Guardians' first game back. Are you nervous for the division? And do you think that, like, oh, there's a good chance we don't have it this year? Or are you in the boat that I think I'm in right now, where I'm like, this is classic Guardians. Like, I don't want it to be this recipe, but I, just in my stomach and in my like gut feeling, I'm like, they're going to win the division. I kind of want. I guess there's a third boat, and Let's that's. I kind of want them to just fail at this point, and, and it sounds really bad. But here's the thing: you need a kicking in the ass to truly realize that you cannot keep playing this game, because at some point, like, this isn't going to work out. Some team will eventually come out of this division. And I wouldn't even say powerhouse, but at least take a substantial lead. I'm not saying this year, but in the coming of years. That's just how baseball, it's how all te- like any team in any sport, they have the possibility of doing that. You have to think in the next five years, one of the teams in the AL Central figures it out. They're going to eventually command the division. I mean, we've seen it in the past with, I mean, the Tigers did that before. The Royals did the it for Royals a little bit. The Royals did it for a little bit there. Yeah, it's it's common for that to happen. I just want them to pick a a route at this point. Are you? Can you please just try to develop your prospects? 
Because I get it. We're not going to sign the big free agents. Completely understand that. Yeah, never going to happen. It's just, it, unfortunately, that's how it is in Cleveland. But it's not saying that we can't be competitive because we eventually can when you have these draft picks that you hit on. I I just think that you're, you, you try and you're saying like, oh, yeah, we're excited for these prospects. But then at the, at the same time, you go out and you sign a mediocre free agent to de- to to delay the bringing up of Bo Naylor. Like it just it makes no sense. Like it, at some point are you going to change this? Because again, I I feel like a broken record saying it. It happened I mean every episode it's just like do something. You yeah. know, you're just standing in the middle just waiting for some change and it's like okay, well you got to if in order to change you got to change something up and they're not they're and simply not i think that wake up call comes down the line because whether or not cleveland likes to realize it or not tito francona's time is slowly his, coming yeah on his own accord by the way like not that we're moving on from him just like health issues i know and like, it, it, it's sad to say that but it, like there's going to come a point where and I think it's in the next like year or two that Tito's just like it's not worth it anymore. Like I'm just not in the health that I want to be, and I'm okay not managing baseball anymore. And props to him because we haven't had a better manager in a very very long time. And Tito, give all of him his flowers. I mean, he's taken a team that has no financial support and turned it into a winning baseball team I year agree. after year. Yeah, I agree too because it's. And I know we dog on Tito a lot. Right, he makes mistakes, and as every manager will. And him sometimes, you know, it's the same mistakes that really get under my skin as a Cleveland fan. But I still love the guy. But yeah, when you look at it as a big picture, I mean, Tito really changed Cleveland baseball. Oh, 100%. So it, it, it's frustrating. But no, you make a good point of like, what's going to happen next then yeah, once when, Tito moves on? When Tito's gone? I don't think you're going to get a manager right after that's going to be able to like put together this same recipe. Most likely not. Like, this is a Tito-esque recipe. Right. And it, it, I know we say like the vision helps and stuff. And, and it absolutely why does. Do, it does. But it also helps when you have a guy like Tito in there commanding the dugout. Yep. So it's not just, you know, oh, we'll be fine without him. Like, no, I think we take a step back. At least for a couple of years, right? Like, At least, yeah, until you find a new coach to step into that role. And what is – you have to get a guy because you're not going to pay for the power bats. That's obviously just been seen at this point, and you haven't been able to develop them. You have to get a guy who gets his team to play at 100% because that's the Guardians' way right now under Tito is that this team pours their heart, they run hard, never letting up on any plays, and the team buys in, and that's what wins them baseball games right now. Yeah, and it that's pretty rare. and. It, In today's MLB, it, I mean, it you're may, probably yeah, it one may, of five. And it may sound like it's a pretty common thing and a simple thing. It's not. No, go watch the you Yankees. Have to, you have to deal with egos and everything on that sort. No, there's no way that it's easy to do that. And then also to compose yourself, too. It's a 162-game season. That's a yeah. toll. It's a very hard task to be an MLB coach. Or just an MLB player in general. You're playing nine days in a row sometimes. Twelve days, like, there's, I mean, mostly not twelve. You usually get a break in there. But, like, nine days in a row is not that uncommon. Right. And and at that point, you got to realize, like, 
and, and take a step back and think about it. Tito, again, we take him for granted sometimes. Definitely. And it's frustrating, but overall, this dude has been important. Either way, though, I think eventually going back to the main question, like I, I kind of just want them to at least pick a route. Go hard in the free agency then, or even at the trade deadline for that sense of like, get some big names, or just say, screw it. We don't really care about the result of this year. We want to bring in the younger guys, get some guys to develop, maybe try Freeman out or something like that to make Jake happy at this point. Please. But I just think that you're staying stagnant and missing out on the playoffs would be your kick in the butt for a change. Yeah. I mean... Am I wrong for thinking that, though? No, no, no. No, you're right. I, I don't know. My one thing about Tito, and this is a closer remark, is just stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, if you think that every team plays at 100% for 162 games, bullshit. Go look at the New York Yankees and watch how many guys are hustling to beat out a double play ball at first. I've played on high school teams where guys don't even give 100%. And that's like, high school. If you're grounding a ball to second, watch how many MLB players jog it out to first and accept a double play. You mean on a Tuesday night, on an away game, you're going to be given 100%? Bullshit. Right. In the middle of like May or June? Most guys aren't. Nope. The Cleveland Guardians, almost every single game on every single ball, are playing at 100%. And that's the thing, too. You're in Cleveland, Ohio. You're not in a big market. It's the little things that are going to win you championships. Yeah. And if you're I was that second coming of puberty right there, by the way? Dude, I don't know. Again, my <laughs> voice has been jacked up for like three weeks now. I It's it's a mess. It's a freaking mess. You came in here on Tuesday when we were recording, and I was like, yeah, my voice is still a little messed up. You're like, are you kidding me, man? I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You got you to gotta pull it together, man. It's all the, all the singing that I was doing at the bars, you know? Yeah, big singer. Yeah, to say the least. You want to give a sample? No, no, okay. no. I'll get I'll get the third coming of puberty at that point. <laughs> it was worth a try. I had to try it out. Yeah, no, it was a good try, but no. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Cleveland pitching. This one got me amped up, right? Yeah, obviously. Cal Quantrill goes to the IL, and we haven't been back in two weeks, so this is just we're gonna run you through what happened really quick. Quantrill goes to the IL with shoulder tightness, shoulder inflammation, whatever you want to call it. Um. Gets his rehab, comes back. When he comes back, they had a choice to make because, of course, Gavin Williams was called up, and they've already committed to not going to a six-man rotation. They've said that time and time again. Wasn't going to happen. So there's a decision to be made. The odd man out, they decide Quantrill gets a spot in the rotation back, and Logan Allen, sorry to break it to you, but welcome to Columbus. I, yeah, I don't know. In, at the time, and I'll give the defense, okay, I really like Logan Allen. I didn't want to see him go down to, to Columbus. Didn't want to see it happen. But in his last couple starts when he was up, it wasn't the best. He hadn't been able to go past four innings in his last three starts. Granted, two of those starts were scoreless. One of them he gave up five runs to San Diego, a game that the guards still pulled out and won, but just not a good outing. But he was inefficient, to say the least. Like, his pitch counts in those, I mean, three innings where he threw 77, gave up five. Four innings, he threw 89 pitches. Three and two-thirds against the Royals, he threw 98. You, you can't have that. 
My thing is this. When are the Guardians going to be done with the Cal Quantro experiment? I, Dude, I, I am pulling my hair out right now watching him. And, and I will say through and through I'm a Cal Quantro guy. Like, I really enjoyed watching him last season. I thought he was really good. And that's great, but that's last season. Agreed. His record right now, 2-6 and six with a 6.45 ERA. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting out of him anymore. His last four outings are really what sticks out. What you mean, and he's back on the IL again. Just look at his last outing. That was abysmal. And again, four point one innings. I know, and granted, he was apparently he's hurt now. Right, he's playing through some injuries. So, like, does he get cut a little slack? Yeah, but they also. Then, but at the same point, at the same time, like, then, you got to be done. Then, like, get get healthy, do something, dude. And I don't know if that's a Kyle Quantrill issue or if that's a Cleveland Guardians issue. Are you rushing the guy back trying to get your team healthy? Or I don't think it is because again, it would make a lot of decisions way more easier if they were just like, all right, take your time, rest, and then you'll be fine. Because overall, I mean, pitching's been fine. Not fine, but I'm just saying in general, like it hasn't been an issue where you're lacking arms. Yeah, That's what I, I'm saying. I don't like to speculate in the clubhouse. because No, like, I agree. It's very possible that Cleveland was like, oh, Cal, like, come on, come on. Like, I, it it's could, possible. There, it could have been possible too. Yeah, I agree. But the thing is, when you look at the past three games, 4.1 innings, 11 hits, 5 runs, only 3 Ks. Then before that— That's not Caldwell's game, in all fairness. Not a strikeout guy, but— Either way, I won't even—how about this? Then I won't even include the strikeouts moving forward. 3.1 innings, 8 hits, 6 runs. 4.1 innings, 8 hits, 8 runs. I just don't— No, go back one more. Go ahead. 4 innings, 4 hits, 6 runs. Like, it, it's just—it makes no sense that you keep trying to throw this guy out there and expect the same result. It's the—it's kind of like with Karinczak. Like, you, you, what more are you expecting? Are you expecting a big turnaround? I am not. No. I mean, he won two games so far this year. And win I know loss, wins are... Yeah, Win-loss to me is so... But it says something because, it, I mean, are you going to win a game when you give up 11 hits? No, but there's also something and, to be said about you could win a game when you give up 11 hits, and there's pitchers who do that with good offenses behind them. And also, you can lose a game by giving up team. one run. We're not that team, though. We that, are that team, though. We are the we, team we that are, loses yes. when you give up one run. I understand that. But, again, we're not the team where you can afford to give up 11 hits five runs in 4.1 innings of work. You can't do that in Cleveland. No, you can't. You need more of a guy like a Gavin Williams where he's going to be lights out for five, six innings, even seven at this point too. He's probably going to develop into that. And he's just not going to be that guy. And again, you just can't keep throwing him out there and expecting a different result. And granted, I know he's been last year, 15 and five, 3.380 3.380 ERA. It makes sense why you would expect something out of it, but in reality, it's like the injuries have been an issue, obviously. So then, like, why do you keep pushing it? So, so let me ask this: He goes down with an injury. Logan Allen has had the three starts that he had, where he hasn't been able to get past four innings. Quantrill, assuming he was healthy coming back, because we'll assume that was the team what they thought, right? Yeah. You're not putting him back in the rotation. I think it all depends on what you do with Bieber. 
Right, but at that time, Quantrill's healthy. You have to make a decision. You're not going to six men in the rotation. And you're considering Allen? I'm considering Allen, yeah. I'd probably turn to Allen at some point because I want the direction to be developed. Right then when he was healthy, though? On June 30th? On June 30th, yeah. I would still probably turn to Allen. Just because the thing is, again, the, the way that I want the Guardians to start to go is more of the younger route in developing the pitchers. That's but Quantrill's 28. I understand like that. That's still young. Allen's but the thing is Allen's still a guy where he's going to be the future of this rotation. Well, he's going to be part of the future well, in this right. rotation. No, he's not, the, he's not I, going I just to want be to make the sure, future. Yeah, yeah, don't get good, the wrong impression. Good clarification. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think he's going to be a major part moving forward down the road. Do you think Cal Quantra is going to be that guy? You asked me last year, I say yes. You asked me right now, I say no. So exactly. I'm on the fence. I, that's one of the things where it's just like I want to see more development out of our younger guys right now. And I would love to see more guys coming up into the to the majors and, to, and just at least giving them some at-bats or anything like that, innings whatsoever. Like it, Just something. Because, again, you don't have a set – path on what you want to do because again yeah you're going to sneak into the playoffs but this isn't a playoff team by all means yeah if you're in any other division you're probably right but but unfortunately you're in the al central or fortunately depending on the direction you look at it it's not the direction i want well i'm just saying but the other thing you like to be in the playoffs and you got a shot to get there and i'm okay with not having a solid year overall because I'm not a fan where it's just like I I have to see winning in order to keep watching them or anything like that. I'm still going to watch them and I still think I I want what's best for the team as a whole. And I think developing your prospects matter more than just watching us get bounced first round playoffs see you later to the Yankees, you know? There's a third coming, but yeah, I mean the like division. I can't go back. I just yeah. the, the, the you just gotta the voice is going crazy. Which in all fairness, I mean mine is not great right now either. I'm, I've been I've been getting no sleep either whatsoever. Yeah, I, I walked into work yesterday and was just like, wow, my voice is not where it needs Shot. to be. Yeah, um, be but, a nice weekend to recoup. Yeah, <sighs> maybe probably not. Probably not. I'm I'm going down to Columbus. It's uh, my good friend Ben, who you've met. Yeah, uh, it's his twenty first. So, oh boy, yeah, no, my, my voice is not recovering. Also, very cool, cool, very cool thing happening. Um, I've had a friend in Mississippi that I've played like video games with over the last literally decade. He's coming up, meeting him for the first time this weekend. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, so very cool. It's like both mine and Ben's really close friends. So, oh, he's got a so, so that's dope. Going yeah. to say with those very cool. Got all that. Just off topic a little bit. Yeah, but that's all good. Felt like a good time to <laughs> drop Plug that in, in when we were yeah, talking. Of course. Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on our social medias. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now, back to the show. Um, I don't know, man, with Quantrill and like, like the, the development thing, I get it. 
And you have to, you can't say that they don't take a path because this is a team who probably plays more prospects than almost any other team in the MLB. Like, without a doubt. Like, more guys are leaning on veterans than the Guardians across the board, pretty much. Especially when you consider the success the Guardians have with their prospects and still putting together a winning record. Like, they lean heavy on prospects more than almost anybody in the MLB. But I wanted even heavier lean. That's the thing that I'm going. I think they led the league in call-ups. Yeah, but at this last sa- year, not the, I don't know about this year. I, I genuinely but at the don't. same time though, they still make boneheaded moves of mm. signing Zanino and then clogging <laughs> it up even more. I was off the Zanino train as soon as it started. Okay, like no, I, I, I didn't I agree. like it. That's what I'm saying. Like you didn't call up Naylor at the start of the year when you should have. I don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> I mean, we could talk Bo Naylor right now in the middle of the rotational thing if you want. But like Bo Naylor's not playing that great either right now. No, and I and I get that, but, but that's, he, he is Zanino basically right now, and, a better defensive Zanino, younger version of him. Do I think he still should have played over Zanino? Yes, but clearly the guards didn't think he was ready, and maybe in a small portion of that, in terms of what they want him to be, they were kind of right. Like he's still hitting below two hundred when in AAA he was crushing the ball at like two sixty. It's you're still getting that. I guess yeah. I just still and not think- to like defend the the team and you know like fight off their backs for you because like I take my shots at them all the time too right but I'm just playing devil's advocate here of like no and that and that's totally fair but at the same time you got to look at it like the dude has to eventually be called up and if you're gonna get the same production out of him that you got with Sanino then what was the point of even having Sanino there in the first place I think it was a thing of like. If we call him up and he struggles, the perception on it is like, does the team and the fans really not want to see him anymore? And then you have to decide whether or not you're sending him back to AAA I or I don't even think of like that though, because even now, like fans have stayed with him no matter what. And you guys <laughs> have stayed with him now after dealing with Zanino for two months though. Well, but the other thing is too that you have to consider Bo Naylor, Josh Naylor. It, well, they also, weren't going to dog on this kid. Also helps that Josh Naylor is playing really well right now. Right. That, but that puts the public's eye in a really much better place that Josh Naylor looks like he's here to stay for the future. I understand. Yeah. Rewind back to April, it might be a different narrative. Don't get me wrong. I agree. But he's 23 years old. It had to have been done eventually. It's not like you could just keep him down there forever and think like, okay, maybe he will eventually develop. But like, you got to realize at some point that like, the production, if it's matching what you already had there, it, you might as well just stick with the younger guy and just go through it and understand that there's going to be hiccups this year. And that's the thing, too. And fans have to realize that as well. Like, you, not every prospect is going to come up here and just ball out. Like, no, of course We've not. been blessed with all of our pitching prospects to do that at yeah. this point. Unrealistic expectations have been set. Right. However, on the flip side, there are guys that it takes a little bit of time, especially, too, with catchers. It wasn't, like, any—like, Adley Rutschman— He kind of burst onto the he, scene. He, he burst onto the scene, but it's not like it, he was, like, automatically just this, like, amazing catcher that's, like, top five— Instantly, I don't know if I mean I almost disagree with that. I feel like Adley was. I mean, he finished second in Rookie of the Year votings, I think, last year, and he played well. He played well, a lot better than most catchers do. Right, 
But I'm just uh, like he was probably. I'm just saying in general, though, like, uh, and I think Adley's absolutely the exception, right? I, but I shouldn't have used Adley. <laughs> I probably should have used like someone else. I don't know. I can't think of any like rookie play. catchers. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody like, off the top of my Sean head. Sean Murphy. I he's the <laughs> only one that I can really think of. He even was like pretty good to start, right? Like maybe not offensively. I'm just as much. I'm even rattling yeah. off guys at this point. Right. Either way, though, like it's it was going to be a little bit of a struggle, and I think fans just need to realize that there's certain guys that just need development. Yeah, and and they need time to put it together, and that's going to be the case with Bo Naylor, it looks like. And I won't lie to you, part of this was probably the Super 2 rule and not wanting to pay him for the whole year. No, I know, and I know arbitration was probably going to be a big part of it. Yeah, like, I understand that, but at some point... Like, they just want the extra year out of the guy and still most <laughs> of the production down the back end, like... Sorry to break it to you, it's a business. No, and, and I completely understand that. Yeah, It but sucks, it, but But it at is. the same time, it's a business of you're going to just waste money and sign Zanino. Well, in that point, yeah, but also now we're sitting here. If you want to talk about a business production-wise, you held off on Naylor so you don't have to pay him a major league contract for an extra year, and you're still 500 at the deadline, which is where everyone's expectations were already set. It's disgusting, and I hate it, but yeah, it happened. I get it, and I and I understand that, but at some point, you just can't keep. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's getting to the point where I'm just like I'm lost. Right. It feels like the same sentence comes out of my mouth yeah. every like four. I, I was literally about to repeat. Yeah. The same thing that I've been saying all episode, and like what I've been saying all summer at this point. Right. But eventually, it's just like I want something to change. I want something to change, and it's not. It's been like this for the past couple of years. Imagine if we were like a Kansas City podcast right now. Like, what do you even <laughs> like? Be, how do you? <laughs> I'd be banging my head on a table, right? Like, or like an oak. Well, actually, the Oakland A's. Oakland one, would be. That would yeah, be kind of. You'd have something to talk. That'd about. That'd be interesting. There'd be a lot more yelling. Yeah, definitely. And it'd be a lot of yelling at John Fisher. But, yeah, selling the team. That right. would be the podcast name. Yeah, sell the team. Sell the team. Uh, we can, you know, rewind it back. Get back on track to the pitchers now. Um, so we talked. Logan Allen, we talked Cal Quantrill. I don't really need the feeling to talk about Gavin Williams or Tanner Bybee right now. I'm not going to lie. Even Aaron Savant, like, I don't... Other than that, I mean, like, like Gavin Williams, Williams is chucking. Like, that was... A, yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, he, he went five and two-thirds since last start, gave up three runs, struck out seven. Even when he pitched against the Braves, he went six and a third and gave up four. Like, that's a good outing against the best team in baseball. Yeah, I agree. It, I mean... If you give me six innings and give it four against a good team, that, that's a good start. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's nothing it's else not really to say start. about that. It's not a great start, but, but it's I mean, good. It, what, that's his fourth start? Uh, it was his third. Yeah. It, he's been through four now against the Royals this last one. So, I mean, there's nothing else really to explain with that one. No. Keep keep up the good work, champ. Yeah. That's it. Again, don't need the like need to talk about Bybee right now. He's pitching well. He looks fine. Yeah. He's, I don't think, going anywhere. So no, I think he's solidified, especially with the injuries with McKenzie. He's pretty much solidified a spot in that rotation. Yeah. Now, if we do go to a three-man rotation, it gets a little interesting. But yeah. again, that's more down the road. If we that's, do get yeah, to playoffs, the playoffs, right. yeah, you're gonna run five. So you're until not at least the playoffs. Yeah, you're not gonna run into that situation just yet. No. Um, Savali again, a guy who. I don't. Maybe you packed him in a trade, but I doubt it. 
He's probably sticking around the back end of the rotation. He's an older guy of that. He's sticking around. I think it depends on what happens with Bieber. Which is the guy I want to talk about. That's that's yeah. why I'm skipping through all these other ones. Exactly. Well, let's get to the meat of the you know, the bone. Like the, the meat's on the bone here. Let's just eat it away, okay? Shane Bieber. I'm fat and I'm hungry. Shane Bieber. I, I don't know, man. I've looked at him the last couple times out. But I'm not sold, right? Like, is his trade value dropping? I don't know if it's going out to, like, nothing. Like, there's people out there saying, ooh, like, you're not getting anything for Bieber. Shut up. Yes, you are. You're going to get something out of Bieber. He's still Shane Bieber. A, a contending team will give up something to get a pitcher the way he is. Especially but, out of desperation, too. Right. But, like, now I'm sitting here staring at him, and, I like, I look at his last few starts. Like, he, he seems to get bit late in the, his outings right now. Yeah. Like, where previously it had seemed like Shane Bieber just got better as the game went on in previous years. Like, late inning Bieber was just still chucking and dealing. It felt like he was even better. Now it's like you play the Royals and on Sunday, the last game right before the break. You lose 4-1, to one, and what happened in that game? And, again, Bieber with one run of support. Like, you can't control that. But he gives up three runs in the sixth. Yeah, and, and overall, I mean, nine hits, too, on the day. Against the Royals. Yeah. Like, not a great team. You've seen Gavin Williams do well against them. And then yeah. you, now it's like, oh, you know, your our ace is doing that. So I think even if you do, and I, beforehand at the beginning of the year, I was saying, like, all right, if we're in, in contention for the division, keep them around because, you know, we have to contend in the playoffs and stuff. My my narrative has changed on the Guardians. I will say that because I don't want people getting confused on my takes on it. But overall, like, you got to get rid of them at the deadline. No doubt about it. I mean, even now I would consider it. No, I'm, I'm still on it, yeah. Because I'm, I'm just saying in general, like, I'm okay if they did it even before – the trade deadline. I mean, we're already pretty close to it too, so it doesn't even matter. But overall, like, yeah, I think I don't know if his value's gone completely. I don't. I don't, I, I don't think it's gone. No, I, I don't I, even think it's really diminished. I think that it's much. diminished a smidge. Probably a little. Like, if you would have talked to me about trading him last year to this year, yeah, it's diminished. Obviously, yeah. But Which, throughout the year, I don't think it's changed too much because, again, it's a matter of how desperate is a team. And how much are they willing to give up to get starting pitching? Because, again, we've said it multiple times. The Rangers, they would definitely be a team like that. I'm sure the Reds would probably do something. Yeah, I mean, you can think they Yankees. You yeah. can think any team Dodgers, that is, Angels. Any team that's fighting right now for a spot in the playoffs and to go deep in the playoffs would be looking at Shane Bieber. Yeah, like Baltimore even. Even, yeah. And... At that they've point, gotten good pitching out of the guys they have, but Bieber would be an upgrade somewhere in that rotation, I'm sure. Just something, yeah. I, no matter what. But, I mean, it, it is a little concerning to see what he's been going through right now, this stint, because his last seven games, one and three, I mean, it just, I don't, I don't know. I think it was inevitable that we were going to trade him, but it's now more of... I've come to the realization that like it's it's got to happen. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get to. I mean, and again, I, I don't like to pull out win loss stats, but he's five and six on the year. Right. Like his ERA is a three seven seven. That's not great. Not not to his standards. No. No. It's uh, below average. It, 
For him, for him. And, and absolutely, I'll defend Shane Bieber to the moon and back because he's been absolutely elite for the Guardians as long as he's been here. I think when the Guardians give him like four runs of support, his win-loss is like, I think he has one loss in his career. Right. Like That's absurd. But again, like he's been giving up runs recently. Like four runs against Kansas City, four runs in four and two-thirds innings against Atlanta. He had a scoreless outing against Kansas City before that. But then four and five runs given up to the Milwaukee and Arizona. Like, And again, these are games where he wasn't getting massive run support, but he's been giving up runs. And it's hits as well, too. Yeah, I mean... Again, like nine hits to the Royals. That's... I don't know. I just... I'm not... I, you got to move up. Because if you look at the rotation moving forward, one healthy, McKenzie's going to be your one. But then also, too... You got Gavin Williams as your two. That's that's a lethal duo right there. Because especially, too, now that Williams has one year under his belt, well, half of a year, you know, I'm in general, he's he has experience under his belt going into next season. That's going to be dangerous. Yeah. And then you got Bybee, of course. I'm sure Allen will probably make his return back into the rotation. I would think at some point. So, overall, you're set for the future. Yeah. I would say that. And I think if you move off Bieber, then at that Allen point, makes you, his way in. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, Bieber's probably already gone after this season. But no I'm matter just what, saying, yeah, right. yeah. But I'm saying overall, like, you're going to see a lot of differences in this rotation, which I'm excited for because, again, it, they seem to handle the pitching well in Cleveland. Yeah, and don't forget, there's also other names knocking at the door right now. Oh in yeah, AAA. like 100. percent I mean, we've seen some guys who at least can put together a couple of like MLB quality starts. I mean, um, Peyton Battenfield wasn't Battenfield. A I was going to make that. Yeah, um, uh, Hunter Gaddis. I mean, I'm not a Gaddis guy, but he's also down there. Like when he was up at times this year, he didn't look awful, and they were high on him coming out of uh, spring training. Uh, I know Joey Cantillo's not that far. I don't know if he's up to Columbus yet, but. I want to say that he is off the top of my head. I don't have it up, but Cantillo's uh, a guy expected to make it. He's on the, the forty. Next... He's on the forty man. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's here within the next couple of years easily. So then, here's my question: Is there any guy? I would probably say I'll 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 simplify it. Any younger guy that you'd be willing to move off of to get another piece right now? Yes, there is, but it's kind of our Friday draft in a way. Fair enough. So I'm going to withhold my information on that. All right. We'll get to it. Because I think there's a couple right now. Because I agree. Especially, too, we talk about the log jam at other positions, and I think this is another case of it, too, where you have so many dudes knocking on the door mm-hmm. where it's not bad to have all of them, but if you could get some – return on investment yeah i would do it yeah move off a couple of them and i'll after our draft too we can talk if there's a couple of other guys we want to mention on but we'll we'll save those for now there's one more topic i want to get to before we get to the draft though since we already kind of talked on i mean we can only talk bieber trade for so long right like right uh, there's teams out there it, it looks like it's coming i don't want to dig too deep into it like at this point we're just waiting right i agree the news I want to talk about is it's circulating in Cleveland media right now, and I absolutely hate it. I think it is the dumbest argument right now, but the media is talking, 
as if there's a chance that the Guardians could go out and trade for Shohei Otani. Like, this is blowing up, and there's fans around Cleveland that think this is legitimately possible. The the Angels came out and said that it would basically take three top prospects to go out and get Otani right now. And by the way, you are trading for Otani for three months. And just to add fuel to the fire, during the All-Star break, what does Otani say? <sighs> if, if there's one player that I'd love to play with, it's Jose Ramirez. It, I don't even think that it was... Or it was who he enjoyed playing with the most or whatever, like during the break, That he's excited whatever. to play with during, during the, the All-Star, All-Star game. game. Yeah. That was it. That was literally it. You know, how about this? Let's play a fun game of... <laughs> let's build a trade of what we think... It would take to get Shohei Otani? And, oh, I already have it in my head. I, I can literally give it to you right now. Well, I want to. I want to participate. Uh, I mean, I'll. Do you want me to throw you what I have? Because I've I've been thinking about this. Because again, it's been circulating in the media. Fine, just say it though. I mean, if you have something in your head, or you want to sit there and build your own, build it together. You know, I can tell you probably around what it would take. All right, fine. Let's hear yours, and I'll give I'll give my thoughts on it. So it would probably take you something like Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee. And then I'm imagining a pretty highly ranked, like fielding prospect. You're probably talking Rokio at that point. Rokio, maybe Valera. I don't know if that's too high of a guy to give up for a third. Um, Angel Martinez, a guy who's floating around that area, another Brito. middle infielder. Juan Brito. I don't know if they'd want to move off of him that quick. Freeman, maybe, but even then, even then, not. probably not high enough. Like it's going to take you three top thirties, and at least two of those top thirties are going to have to be top five. And the other one's probably going to have to be top 10, top 15, and probably top 10. Even and that's then. if. That's their starting price. And the argument that I've been hearing, too, is like people think that oh, they'll come down from the three picks down to two big names. No, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're sticking right at three. If not, they're asking for like higher ranked prospects than people are expecting. I don't think you come down for that for the biggest player in baseball. Pardon my language here, but what the fuck? Like, who the hell would want to even do that? That's when, like, okay, and you get the best player in baseball, right? Like, you get a pitcher and a hitter out of trading for him. Great. Absolutely. But then how much is he actually going to help the team win this year? Truthfully. Do I think he helps them win this year? Yes, because he probably comes in and he's the best hitter on the team. Yeah. I, he also probably comes in and is the best pitcher on the team. But here's the problem then. You lose Gavin Williams and then you lose Tanner. Like, My point exactly. You already lose half of your pitching Rotation. staff then. Yeah. And then what happens in the future? Because yeah. we just talked about it, how bright it's going to be and stuff. You well, now ta- that you don't have Gavin Williams, Shane Bieber, and then you are you literally at that point only have Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, and hey, guess what? You better win a World Series if you traded for Otani this year. And even then... It's not worth it. You're getting three months of Otani. And sorry to break it to you, if you're a Cleveland Guardians fan, you should already know this. You're not ponying up and paying him his next contract. Even if for some damn reason he wanted to stay in the city of Cleveland when he has the choice of anywhere and wanted to sign here... Dude's going to make $500 Yeah, probably. I mean, you have to imagine he's making $50 a year, whatever he signs. Oh, yeah, at least at like, this point. Like, like, he's it, pushing that number for sure. Yeah, He's going to be the highest like paid player ever, yeah, ever. in MLB. Oh, 100%. There's Easily. no way around it. And I don't think people realize, like, yeah, it would be cool. It would be <laughs> awesome to have Shohei Otani here. The park would be filled probably nine out of ten nights a week. Like, we, or, you know, six out of seven a week, nine out of every ten, yeah. whatever. 
great for one year. Not even no, one no, year. Three half. months. Yeah. Literally three months. Half. So at that point, like, and then you're going to decimate your whole rotation. And, and then your farm, your farm, system. Your farm system. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. No, don't. <laughs> like, if don't I could ever... give you... If I could give you Ahmed Rosario, Gabriel Arias, and out of some other middle infield prospect that's sitting down there since there's such a log jam, then maybe. I don't even think <laughs> that it's going to be. I feel like it would be probably. I don't know. I think it's probably you would push for four. Truthfully, like, I think it would take. Either... I don't think it's three. I think it's four because I, I'm. I I know it's, damn it's well. Not, I don't know that it's four just because it's only three months. I understand that, if but it was, it would be more if he was on like even if he had like a whole another year on his contract. It but would if, be four. but if the Dodgers are knocking on the door, who are desperate to win a World Series at some point, you you mean to tell me that they want to give up four? Right, prospects? That's, it would it would be whatever other teams are willing to give up. That's right? what I'm saying. It'd and be I, what what you could build to give I up. I know for a damn fact one of these teams that needs a World Series and could actually win one this year, not like us. They would be willing to do that to get Shohei Otani in their lineup. Yeah, I guarantee you that Dodgers. I'm sure would do that. Which, by the way, this we're all assuming the fact that the Angels are out on their season. They're not. Like, like I mean, I'm not gonna sit around and act like they're in a great position because again, they're not. They're seven games out of first place in the AL West, and they are a game under 500. But like, you're still semi in the wild card race right now, and you're down Mike Trout. I get it. Like, this is a rough spot to be in for the Angels. They're used to it. But at the very least, you keep Otani and you get three months of ticket sales. And I've already been disputed on the fact that nobody's sticking around for a player for three months of ticket sales. But as a Cleveland Guardians fan, I disagree because I think this team would do anything for ticket sales. No, Because it's money. I agree. And the other thing is, too, I wouldn't move off of Shohei Otani if I don't get the right price. Right. Like, if you're going to do a move like this, like, you got to Get what you want. Yeah, like not just if you hand him over a team. If you hand him over and that team wins the World Series and you don't get look how a bad that looks on the yeah. Like and the Angels fans are going to be pissed. Look, they could get a slew for him. Yeah, I oh, I, I completely agree. If I, you get three top prospects from a team, like three really good prospects, I mean, hats off. You I, just built your team for the future. Seriously, I, I and again, you keep saying three, but I seriously think they could get four. Like, At I, least. I just don't think you like you're giving up more than a prospect per month that you I know. have Otani on your team, right? Assuming but, that like somebody like the Dodgers or the Yankees don't get him where they could resign him, yeah. But like again, in the case of the Guardians, it's a three month rental, yeah. And, and for any team, it's let's the be possibility real. of a three month rental. Let's be real; he's not going to resign with the Angels. No, there he's, there should be no reason that he does. No, and, and maybe <laughs> the only reason why I would say that is because of Mike Trout, but. Other than that, no. Like they've I, been together for, dude. I know it feels crazy, but Otani's been in the league for six years, seven years. Yeah, like he's been it's, around. It's, here. He's been around for a while now. Like it's not. I, would, I think it's more like five. I don't like actual years played. Probably, I'm pretty sure. But don't forget, he also sat out the year and like a half because he had Tommy John. So like, <laughs> technically, are, didn't even sit out, did he? Because well, he, he still yeah, yeah, I think bat, he swung a bat after a little bit, but. which was crazy to think about. Yeah, so if, but that's five how impo- years. he came in yeah. in 2018. But yeah, but so. that's how important it, he is to a team. Like even when he's doing with like an arm injury, yeah, he was still he was still a bat. That's what I'm like. He's two players in one. That's what he is. Yeah, which is why he's so valuable. Which is why he's going to get paid so much. Yeah, I agree. And, and he's I, not doing either of them at a low level. Like he's 
one of the best hitters in the MLB and, and he's one, one of, of the, the best, best pitchers in the MLB. Like, yeah. That is the craziest thing. He's not just, like, mediocre at both. Like, he's not the best guy at both. I'll say that. Like, I don't think he's the best pitcher in the league, and I don't really think he's the best hitter in the league. Probably a better hitter than pitcher right now, maybe. Yeah. But, give or take. Yeah. But, like, he's Either way, though, really he's good still at both. a dog. Yeah. Like, he's really good at both. Like, not he's top a game echelon, changer. but, like, he's enough to be, like, an all-star level player at both ends of it. Yeah, and, and I agree. But the problem is, like, it's he's not going to fix everything no. for the Guardians. He's not, not going to fix the one. anything for any team that relies on prospects where the guys you're giving up or guys you're actually using right now. Right. And the problem is, too, you're going to get a guy for three months, and he's not a dude that's going to take you. He's he, he, like no guy in the whole universe could be a dude where if your team is at 500 ball. He won't jump up and make you a World Series contender. I'm sorry. No. It, it, that's just how it is. And if you need anything to tell you that one player cannot carry a baseball team, he's literally on the Angels right now, and they are a game under 500. Yeah. And he's playing out of his mind. And, it, again, and they and that's a team that has Mike Trout, who is still, yeah. again, I, don't again. get me wrong, like he's one of the best players in the league. Oh, 100%. Like, before he Otani, is. he's yeah. the most pure talent I think I've ever seen in exactly. baseball. And it's sad because you but have hurt right two now. guys. Yeah, obviously. But you have two guys and they've like that are generational and yet You haven't I don't have they won a playoff game? I don't think they won a playoff game. I don't think either way Mike Trout's won a playoff game in his career. That's you know, that's insane. That's but that's a, that's not even a standard to win a playoff game there, I feel like. A standard is you have to win a World Series. Oh, no, 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 no doubt about With that. the two best players in the league and a, a Elite pitcher, like, dude. I'm just saying in general, man. Like, yeah, no, I agree. That team should have been able to build around Mike Trout mm-hmm. and win a couple of playoff series. Let alone having Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on the same team, they should be able to win playoff series. Exactly. But overall, going back to Otani to Cleveland, no, no, don't even get started with that narrative because, again, great, you have him for three months. But he's not going to win your World Series, and we're not that desperate. Yeah, and I, I don't get me wrong; I want to win one eventually, of course. But I know that like don't, don't, everyone wants to win one, right? right? You can't trade the house and expect that. Oh, we're going to win it now because there's no way. You you've seen it in 2016. The closest that we've gotten so far in the past, however many years, and it took. A crap ton of prospect developments wasn't like these big name signings or anything like that. No, it was it, you trusted in your farm system, and they're going to have to rely on that. And if you end up giving up a bunch of farm guys, like you're just going to screw yourself for the future. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's there's no. It shouldn't even be this much of a conversation. Yeah, like it literally makes me sick to my stomach it to just, even sit here and like, like it gives me a headache to think about it. Yeah, and it, and you know, we just rambled on a little bit about it, but this thing no, is, this like, is the last time I'm going to talk about it unless it actually happens. Which and plus, shocker, I'm, it's not. And plus, I'm just so frustrated and fed up about it. Like, I, that's I, why I'm, just I'm done ranting about it. Like, it. I, yeah. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Throw it out the window. It's not happening. It's a ridiculous conversation that we're having in. You know, mid July, because guess what? There's nothing else going on, so we're just creating storylines out of thin air, basically. Well, and that's what people were doing with it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It. Yeah, 
Like, sure, it's a conversation because nothing's happening. Like, if there was a ton of sports going on right now, you probably wouldn't be talking about it. But it's our little quality control right there just to yeah. say, like, shut the hell up. Right. Like, find something out. Like, yeah. jump off the Otani train. It's not happening. It ain't happening. Move on. That's the last I'm going to say about it. Yep. You know what time it is? What time is it, Jake? It's Friday draft time. It is. So, today's draft is the best Guardians trade pieces before the deadline. And we're talking realistic trade pieces, guys that you could actually see being shipped. So, you know, your 1-1 should not be Jose Ramirez. Right. Because Jose Ramirez isn't He's going anywhere. He's sticking around. Andres Jimenez is not in this conversation. He's sticking around. Ah, shit. Yeah, no, right. Get him off your list. Um, but, yeah, we're doing that. Guys you think would be, tr- like, returning value, and also it's okay for the team to give up, right? So you have to play into the fact that the team doesn't get hurt that bad by giving them up. And also you're getting a decent amount back from them. Those are the two things you have to, to okay. keep in mind. Uh, we don't know who do goes it? first. We are going to do it because we don't know who did the last draft because it's been a little bit. So you guys are going to get the incredible audio of me and Dylan playing rock, paper, scissors are right we, now. Are we doing two out of three or one? Two, oh, two out of three. Come okay. I, I, sorry. The, this rock, past paper, scissors rules Listen, two this, out of three. Well, this past weekend, oh, I will stop. say, we well, no, they were doing it. They, we sent two players from each team. And they did it, and they did rock, paper, scissors. It was just a battle of one. My team won. Well, that is a foul way to do rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, but we we, we only had one hit that game, so we technically didn't win. Yeah, you definitely didn't win that. Yeah, um, it's okay. Okay, but right, here, here we go. go. So it's rock, paper, scissors, then on, shoot. Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, scissors yeah. Scissors, beats paper, you got me. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Dude, you, why'd up. you go with paper You doubled again. up on scissors, you weirdo. You doubled up on paper and you lost both. You're yeah, the weirdo. Because oh, after winning, you think I'm going to go back to paper? I was trying to play mind games. Dude, I, there was no focus whatsoever in any of that. Yeah, you just brain-deaded me my, out of a way. My, my brain has been fried this entire week. Like, yeah. words aren't coming out correctly. <laughs> the only action you knew how to do there was to throw scissors. <laughs> there I wasn't just, even was a thought like, running through your brain. No, and it, this, again, this whole week has been brain-dead. So I'm very sorry to everyone who has been listening to us. My head has just been clout, but All we right. won't get into that. We'll so just get into it. The, you get the, the one the one. Take the layup. Go ahead. We're gonna go with Sam. He- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm. It was just like a name that it randomly popped up on this because I'm looking at the forty man. But yeah, I mean Shane Shane Bieber. Yeah, no, that's 1.1. the only correct answer. Um, not much explanation anymore because again we just ranted about it. But all all I'll say is like. Your pitching staff is going to be fine without him in the future because you have Gavin Williams and Tristan McKenzie. So I, I think now is the time, and you've seen it with Kluber as well. So eventually, I mean, this was going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a it's a very fine 1-1. I think that's the correct answer. Yeah. I don't think there's another way to go. You practically win the draft by taking that because there's no other like incredible answer here. Right. Like he's far and away the right one. By the way, how many how many picks are we doing? Three? Uh, yeah, three's fine. Okay. We can go three. Um we'll throw out some honorable mentions at the end, probably talk a couple prospects. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um I, I guess with the one two, I'll go ahead and take Ahmed Rosario. Like I kind of expect you to take that one. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. He's an MLB guy. I want to clear up the middle infield. Uh, people are saying his trade value is not high, and I believe that to a fact because I do think they might have tried to move off of him at several times in the last two years and maybe just weren't getting the return they wanted. But he's been hitting really well. 
Like, as of late, he's been crushing the ball, which only drives up his value for a team looking for a bat. I think you'd package him in a deal, and it could bring it up and actually get you a decent bat in return. How much is left on his contract? How many more years do we have? Great question that I don't know. Because I I agree that eventually you're going to have to move off of him. I think he's one year left. This is his final is, year. Is this so? This is his final yeah, year. He's in, he's in his third year of arbitration, so he's an unrestricted free agent after this. Then yeah, you got to ship him off at some point. And I think if you packaged him and Bieber, it would make a ton of sense, especially that's what, for a like, team that's contending. You don't get a ton back for him in the sense of yeah, he only has the rest of the year on his contract. So obviously that's just how trades. But work. that's the same thing. Yeah, it, it makes but sense. I think you get enough back from again when you package him with somebody like Bieber. It upgrades your trade in a good amount. Right. And, again, you you should be shopping, in my opinion, you could say bats, yes, but I'm looking more of prospects at this point. Get some guys there that are on the cusp of being guys that will help us out in the future. And here's my thing again. Ahmed Rosario is not a guardian after this year. No, he's not. So get something back in return and get... You have promising prospects behind him. Like, Tyler Freeman's looked good with the bat in his hands this year. Hasn't looked that bad on defense. Go give him a shot. Right. No, I, I agree. So, you go with the Med Rosario. I'm just kind of looking on this and pondering my options. And this one's going to hurt you because you're. this was probably the guy that you were thinking of. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Arias. Arias was not the next guy on my list. He was on there for sure. But Okay. I think... The problem with Arias is he just needs a new start with yeah. a new team because he's kind of just the odd man out. He gets thrown into these weird spots. He's playing in positions that he wasn't brought up to be. He, he's been now utilized as Tito's utility guy. Which clearly has shown that he can't do that, which is not a bad thing. Because if he has a set position, maybe it's a lot different. Maybe. You but, don't, I mean, I still don't think set position makes a guy hit 300. But but it just gives him more clarity to his uh, role. Uh, no doubt. I've talked about that before. I think it right. helps him without a doubt. But I, I'm off of him in the terms of, like, the bat just doesn't seem like it'll ever be really good. Like right. Maybe he could be, like, a 250, 260 hitter or something. But, like... I don't know. I just don't see it right now. I just think the time is now to move off of him because he's still 23. He still has shown promise, too. But there has been no indication that he has a role with the Guardians moving forward. A set role, I should say. Not just a rotational piece. So I think if you can get some return, definitely move off of him. Give him a new start. And, I mean, worst case scenario, it turns into, like, another Nolan Jones situation where he just goes out or an Owen Miller or something like that. Like, I get it, but if the return kind of has an impact, then, yeah, I'm, I'm more than willing to. So, Arias is my second pick with that. Not too shabby. Um, I'm going to go in a move where I'm not even sure if it's legal or not. Oh, boy. Because I, I, I don't even know if you could move off this guy right now because he's hurt. So I don't think it would technically be legal, but I'm just going to say it because I want to move off of him. Daniel Espino. Hmm. I'm so out on the Espino train, it's not even funny. Like, this guy's been hurt for what feels like 35 is 36 minor league year career. Like, I feel like he's been in the system 
I think since he was 16. And it just keeps on coming, keeps on getting hurt. We've been talking about him forever. Oh, he chucks 102. Well, he chucks 102 for like three starts a year before he's actually out. And he's out again this year. Plus, he's still in the top five, I think, in the Guardians prospects, in the top 30, according to MLB Pipeline. So, yeah, you'd get some value back for him if you were able to trade him. Again, I don't know that it's possible before the deadline because of the injury. I, I want to say that Probably it's not. not. It def- I don't think it is. No. But, you can't trade. I don't think you can trade injured players. Not that I know of. But I'm still going to say I'm, I'm still going to lock in my pick. If it's stupid, it's stupid. No, it's fine. I want I, him gone. I agree. And especially, too, with pitching being a strong suit for the Guardians, it makes sense, again, to clear up the log jam. Yeah. And, it, and again, that was kind of my mentality with this is let's get some of these guys out of here that are creating that clog jam. So, I don't know what I'm going to do with my next one. I'm kind of pondering it a little bit. Yeah, there's a couple of names I could think of that I'm staring at because here, and I'm just like, hmm. On one hand, I could go with a guy in the MLB. Okay. Or I could do a guy that has a lot of potential, but... I don't know. I think... It's your last pick. Unless you want to go deeper. We could always go deeper if you really want to. We could go four picks. No. I don't want to go four picks. All right. Well, then shut up and make your choice, huh? (laughs) Damn. If you could, and this one might sound stupid as well. Okay. I'm all for having you sound like an idiot. Pissing me off. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know how much you'd get back, truthfully. Is this a Miles Straw's pick? No. Miles Straw. I shouldn't say... No, it's a guy we just talked about, Cal Quantro. <laughs> I'd move off of him. Yeah, because again, it it you finally have clarity. Then yeah, that's my thing that I'm hoping for. The return is the issue, probably there. Yeah, that's why I was a little iffy about it. But overall, I mean, there's not many guys that I would say I'd move off of. No, no truthfully, no, no. I mean prospects, Other, I would, but yeah. But overall, I mean, this dude has just caused so many problems for the Guardians rotation. And at that point, then, you could finally bring up Allen. And then he comes back into the rotation. I, I just, overall, I don't know. I can't I can't deal with the Cal Quantro. I think someone, if they were looking for a little bit of depth in pitching, would bite after it. But again, like you said, the return of investment isn't really what I was looking at. It's more of just creating that clarity. Yeah. Were you looking up Logan Allen if he's in the minors? Oh uh, yeah, I was trying to make sure who yes. they called up off of. Uh, it wasn't of the Cal Quantrill. It was Cody Morris. It was Cody Morris. Yeah, yeah. I was because I I, I couldn't remember. It right, it. I right remember now. seeing it initially, but I couldn't remember. No, that. it, it was, was Cody lookout. Morris because yeah. I was I thought I was about to text you about that and be like, uh, where's uh, where's, yeah, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to make sure they kept Allen in AAA at this, like in that we weren't missing the like. No, 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 no he, there, he, but he was. Yes. That's part. Of, that's part of the reason why I picked Cal Quantrill because you didn't even bring him up when he's on the injured reserve list. Like I just I don't I don't know. All right, final pick of the draft. Where do I go? I don't know, dude. I don't either. It's a it's a great thing. I, there's one name that I want to say for sake of the argument, but I think I'll just bring him up after and go for the heavier return guy. So I'm going to go a guy that I think is still an Akron, 
And it's Angel Martinez. I believe he is. Martinez, a top 10 Guardians prospect. If I remember that correctly, I'll make sure to pull it up and be sure. But yeah, Martinez is. is a guy who is top 10, still sitting in A with a lot of potential. And the problem with him is he's a middle infielder. So you're sitting behind already Gabriel Arias, which I mean I know how we feel about him, but Tyler Freeman and Brian Rocchio. Like you're behind those guys naturally. And you have to imagine at least one of those guys pans out. And Martinez is going to be well ready to come up before either one of those guys or Andres Jimenez are ready to leave. Because we already know Jimenez is on a long-term contract. You have to imagine, again, one of the three guys I named are going to at least be MLB ball players at some point. So what do you really lose off of moving off of Martinez other than a really young, promising player who's probably going to sit in the minors for way too long? I was I was thinking about that one, too. And, and that hurts me because I watched him play for the uh, the captains last year. So, And a guy who a really good like attitude great like clubhouse guy to be around got to do an interview with him he was like salt of the earth amazing person yeah. but i'm looking on the business side so martinez looks like a guy who would be a really good name to move off of for the situation the guardians are in so the reason why i said why i didn't go with angel martinez is because he's 21 years old. Also, Angel. I've heard some people call Angel. him Angel. No, you got it no, right. Yeah, got it that's right. what I thought. I yeah, like, but I've heard some people call him Angel. No. It's it's Angel, which is also Angel. It's just in Spanish, yeah. but the way he pronounces it, and it it's should like be pronounced Jesus right Jesus. now. Jesus, yeah. Right, I, it should be Angel. Yeah, put some respect on it. Yeah. The reason why I, again, I, I said that is because he is 21 years old. That's young. Yeah, very and I feel young. like at some point, an honorable mention for me would be, and I know you're going to hate this one. Uh, number seven prospect, by the way. Number seven? Martinez. You're going to hate that I'm going to say this, but a guy like Brian Rocchio. I mean, Rocchio's another answer that I don't like. I like Rocchio, but again, it makes sense with the logjam. Because Cause I, then you just slot Martinez up. It depends. Right. I think they're higher on Rocchio right now than they are Martinez. Rocchio's right now the number five prospect. Yeah. And this is in the Guardians organization. But like, Again, either one of those guys, the other one just basically takes the spot, right? I think, truthfully, the two that I would keep moving forward, and it's funny because they are the guys right now for the rubber ducks, so maybe there is a little bias that I have seen them play. Yeah, they're always hard to eliminate that. But I would say Juan Brito and Angel Martinez are the guys that I would probably go with moving forward. If Because the thing is, I think Brito is he's been really good, dude. I've really enjoyed watching him play I mean, He's recently. a really good player. He His bat is really good, and I think he could definitely be something. He's also really high up on that prospect list, too. Exactly. He's 14th. And I know weight and all that doesn't matter that much, but the dude has a better build than Rokio. I mean, Rokio's standing at 5'10", 170, but Brito is 5'11", 202. There's a lot more size and potential of power with with a Brito. But overall, too, then if you keep Angel Martinez kind of rotating back to him, it gives you time to try out Freeman. Think about it. 
No, it does. Because he's only 21. I mean, you probably have an extra year or two on Martinez than you do Rokio. Yeah, that's partly why I would say that, and especially too. Where's uh, and don't get out of Rogas twenty two. Like he's not. It's not no. like he's sitting down there twenty four. Right. I, I know you don't think that, but I'm just like putting it out there. But I think his return is bigger than Angel Martinez. Yeah, probably by a little bit. So overall, I think Rokio would be the odd man out in all of that. Eventually, for me at least, if I were sitting in the general manager spot, I would say, all right, he's close. Let's see if we could get him out and then try on these other guys. Yeah, it, it depends who you think. The, like, if you think Freeman can be your starting shortstop for the next, like, years to come, then I agree that Rokio would be the guy to move off of first before Martinez. But if you think there's a chance, and obviously probably by prospect list you would think this, that Rokio is going to be better than Freeman and a more long-term answer, then I think you would move off of Martinez in the sense of because he's younger, right? You you clear up that logjam a little bit. You buy yourself a little bit time between the next guy that's going to come up on that middle infield. Yeah, and I think truthfully, I mean, I think Brito's. I'm a little higher than most on him, but I think that dude is. He has a chance of being the guy that takes over eventually. Again, it, it's. I just don't know. Does he move around on the infield a lot? I've been second. able to. Does yeah, he, he plays second, and then I'm pretty sure he's got some time at short, a couple of games. The only thing that would hinder him in the slightest, and I don't Jimenez. At Jimenez, second. Jimenez is at second. So if Brito's not moving over and playing regularly shortstop, you know, I, reps there, then. But he has been brought up as a shortstop. That's the other thing too. And he, and again, another case too. He is 21. No, so I mean, these he, are young guys. He's like. a young, yeah, he's younger, and I believe if we want to go, I just know for a fact that I've seen Angel play second, short, and third, and I'm pretty sure Rokio has done the same. Right, at least second and short. Not sure on third for Rokio. I want to say he has, but I won't confirm that because I'm not 100. percent Angel 100 percent has played all three. Yeah, and if we wanted to go by age, I believe Angel's the youngest, and then Brito. Because Brito will be 22 this year. Okay. And Angel, he just turned 21. Right. And then, obviously, Rokio, being the oldest, he will, he's still, he, I mean, he was his birthday was in January. Yeah. So and I know age, age it, it has somewhat of an impact on it, I believe. A little bit, for sure. And then, if we want to go into the outfielders... Uh, I have some honorable mentions I can rattle through right now. I have a pretty yeah. long list. Okay. Um, so in terms of outfielders, I had Oscar Gonzalez on my list. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if you're not going to call him up and play him while he's absolutely on a tear in AAA, then somebody's got to be willing to give him a shot, right? Yeah. I, I don't I'd know imagine. what the return for him really is. And he's not going to be on that prospect list because he spent too much time in the majors already. So he's not considered a prospect anymore. And I don't imagine he would be crazy high on it as it is. But he's playing out of his mind right now, so I would imagine that somebody would be willing to give up at least a little something. Nothing like crazy, but just a little something to go out and get him. Uh, other name I had on there, of course, George Valera. I, I don't know how high they are on moving off of him. I think they are they want to keep him around, but you'd get a good haul for him for sure. I wouldn't move off of him, though. He struggles with strikeouts. I, I agree. I think he's the one like of two guys right now in the system where it's like, this is a possible power bat that we've never been able to develop. Right. So you keep him. But he would give you a good return, and I don't think it's crazy 
that you would move off of him, but you would have to be getting a pretty good return, like an insane return. Yeah. yeah. Um, those those were really the only outfielders I had. Uh, Jose Tena was another guy. He's an infielder that I had on my list, pretty low on there. I don't think you get a ton back for him. He's also pretty high up on the uh, the prospect list. He's 19th. He's a 22-year-old, currently sitting in double-A as well. Um, And then I had one more pitcher, which you're absolutely going to hate. Oh, boy. Logan Allen. It makes sense, though. I I mean... Not that... I mean, he's been good, but not great. If you think what you saw out of your last three starts are more indicative than what you saw out of the beginning of the year from him, the stock's probably pretty high on him compared to what it, the reality is. But if who, that's what you think. I don't know what their opinions on him are. He hasn't been like lights out so dominant to me that I'm like, he has to be here for the future. But he's been good enough to the point where I'm like, I could see him being good enough to stick around in the MLB and be like a middle of the rotation guy too. Well, that's and that's why, why I would probably say keep him. And that's I hate, why I said Cal Quantro probably move off of. There, there's not many prospects that I look at in the Guardian system and I'm like, God, this guy, get him out of here as fast as possible. It's just like when you get the right haul in return, it's it makes sense. Yeah, you, you got to give the guy up. But overall, if we moving okay, so next year, yep, the rotation most likely is going to be Devin. Re- well, Tristan McKenzie, McKenzie, assuming that nothing goes wrong with his elbow, he doesn't need Tommy John. Yeah, he'd be healthy. Yeah, and even then, I think he would probably still be at least close to ready mm, Tommy John right now is sitting at right around 12 months recovery time, I'd a say bit it's longer. about 9 now it's starting to get better it's, it's coming down because they found less invasive procedure methods right. but still you probably you probably wouldn't be back for opening day Yeah, it, and he's not going with Tommy John now so the thing would be he would return this year and then if he got hurt bad enough to need Tommy John he'd, he'd miss it. the rest of the year well, he'd miss a good chunk probably of right. next year. So those are your top two guys. So, yeah. McKenzie, Gavin Williams. Savali, right? Or is he in a contract year? Um, I'll do my research on that. Tanner Bybee, for sure. Bybee's in that? Bybee's, Bybee's not going anywhere. And then Savali, if he is... I mean, I don't see a scenario where... He's we, in arbitration. So probably you could keep him around if you'd like. I would probably try to keep him. He, he's his first year of arbitration is this season right now, so you're going into arbitration two next year. So most of the time, those guys stick around through arbitration two, but he also hasn't been incredible. Depends what you could work out with him price wise. Yeah, I'm assuming that he probably wouldn't get that much. No, I mean he's on a 2.6 million right now. So right. So then you got four, and you you need a fifth because I, I mean you could say Quantro at that point. I mean you have to look at names, your considerations because I think those guys. All healthy would be your four. Like unless you're moving off of Savali, he's making the rotation, right? And so Bybee that... and Williams aren't going anywhere. Six healthy is obviously your one, and we're obviously assuming that Bieber's not here next year. So I'm assuming that you have to have Allen. Yeah, Cal Quantrill, Logan Allen, again, guys like Joey Cantillo, not that far off. Hunter Gaddis, like you Hunter said. Hunter Gaddis. I, I don't think Gaddis or Battenfield are like real players. In yeah, but you're looking at competing, but back end rotation guys. Right. It's. I mean, you could start anybody there. It depends. Cody Morris also a guy right now. I mean, they called him up and they're trying to transition him more into a starter. What he's been more of his career. Yeah, and again, you're looking at a back end rotation guy that gets you over the hump. That's what yeah. you're truthfully looking at, and I think that. 
I'm not saying that he'll ever develop into that, but Logan Allen has the best chance because, I mean, I'm assuming that since he's pretty young, there's time for development, and we've seen flashes of him be a very good pitcher. Yeah. No, so, I, mean, I, I like Logan Allen a lot. I don't want to yeah. get like the idea on that construed. Like I, I do like Logan Allen, but it's just... <sighs> I guess for the right He's, return, yeah. But out at of the, the same rookies, time, the rookies that we've seen this year, not including Battenfield, he's the odd guy out. I agree, but that's I mean, I mean yeah, three out of four, yeah, yeah. What Gavin Williams, yeah. Tanner Bybee, like right? That's tough. That's our a, highest, that's, yeah, our high, very high <laughs> prospect, and then you know Tanner Bybee, who's been lighting it up as well. So it, it just, I don't know. I, I think it's a really rough five spot. It, a lot of it hinges on. What you're going to do with Cal Quantrill moving forward, what you're going to do with Savali, how much you trust Logan Allen. And I, I think Allen's it, also 24. Like, it wouldn't kill him to spend another year in AAA, right? Like, you don't lose that much off him going from year 24 to 25. Right. And I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, like, I'm taking a dart throw on a guy that could develop into middle of the rotation, not back end rotation. And you leave him down there in AAA for a year, guess what? That's a development. Year. I would probably say, well, this year would be his development year. I, I I'm just want saying, him, if yeah. you if you leave him in AAA another year, like you're developing what, him. What year are you talking about this year? Next, or year. next year. If you left him in AAA next year, that's still like I agree. Like you're getting later into his career. You're looking at like but him being 26 then at that point when you call him up. Yeah, which you yeah. get a couple of good years out of him, right? I don't know. I mean, also pitchers can pitch way longer than like. A guy could pitch into his 30s and be fine. Right. But out of prime, I think you're talking like before age 30 is like usually where guys start to start to level off a little bit and yeah. start to go down. But uh, that that rounds up the Friday draft. The honorable mentions, a little bit of extra talk on prospects there. Yeah. You know, us both working in, we love our prospects. But, yeah, of course. And they don't get enough attention. No, they don't. So you want me to rattle off mine then? Yeah, go ahead. So my first pick was Shane Bieber. Layup. <laughs> That was, yeah, that was a definite layup on that one. And then my second pick was it, it wasn't Quantro. No, it wasn't Quantro. Uh, it was Gabriel, Gabriel Arias. Arias. Yeah, it, I was. I didn't know which one I went with first, but it was Arias with my second pick, and then my third pick was Cal Quantro. And then I went Ahmed Rosario with my first pick. My second pick, I went to Daniel Espino, even though it's probably not likely. And my third pick, I rattled off on Hal Martinez, even though. Bless his heart, I love him. Um, but that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. A little bit of a longer one for everybody. Uh, again, we were gone for a full week, which means we hadn't talked guards in nearly two, and there's a lot to catch up on. It was worth it. Yeah. It was good to get back in the swing of things. Yeah, we kept it moving. Topics were changing. Had a good time. Yep. Uh, this would be the part where we plug all our socials again. So you're going to follow Mistake by the Take on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Listen to those. Make sure you hit the follow button. Hit the bell or any way to notify you that a new episode has come out because you don't want to miss it. But in case you don't, every Wednesday and Friday morning, follow us on Instagram at Mistake by the Take and on Twitter at MBTT Pod. My personal is you can find me at Volnick2 on Twitter, at Jake Volnick on Instagram. And Dylan, D.Y. Felt. Oh, what a good episode, man. Yeah. Always having a good time. It was a good one. It's definitely a good one for show. Always having a great time on this episode. Exactly. I get to sit in here with you. You tweeted at me. I did tweet. I you said, said you missed, missed me. You. I missed you. What a sweetheart, man. 
<laughs> what a good guy. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Such a kid play. Hey, yo. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Mistake by Take. We'll be back on Wednesday next week. What the topic is, we don't know. We don't know. We'll figure it out. Deuces. See ya. Oh, 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 o